Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. CBeebies Go Home, it's the place you want to play in. CBeebies Go Home, you're our special guest today. CBeebies Go Home is the place you want to play in. Everybody's welcome at CBeebies Go Home. Uh, hello and welcome to CBeebies Go Home, uh, the podcast that subjects the world of children's TV to levels of scrutiny not seen outside of mid-90s self-published fanzines on the music of Suede. Uh, I am Cammy, and joining me as always is the Robert the Robot to my Justin, it's James. I think that's actionable. I think we've done. I think we've done that before as well. I can't remember which one it was. I think I may have introduced you as Robert the Robot before. That's, that's still. It's still not right. No repetition. Um, we um, we are all over the social medias as as we need to be these days. Um, you can find us on Twitter at CBBS Go Home. We're on email CBBS Go Home at gmail dot com, and you can get in touch with us through there, as many of you have done so. Um, We've we've actually got some news, James. We don't normally have much news in terms from the world of uh, CBeebies, but mm. the big news this week, um, coming out of the BAFTAs, is that Moon and Me has been nominated in live action, which raises all sorts of horrifying questions. Live action. Yeah. So is it? So what that what that suggests to me is that uh, there's a very strong chance they will invade and kill us all yes so that means somewhere in the world mr onions is lurking in wait for us and just before you go to bed tonight maybe uh just you know check under the bed yeah. if you hear little... yeah. onions yeah. onions <laughs> um i the, the um we got a moon and me book and it's a bit like children's. What I found is like children's books about CBBS programs uh, are a bit like tie-in books of films, where you find out extra bits of plot that were obviously supposed to be in the film but were cut for one reason mm. or another. So with um, with Moon and Me, the, the main thing that come out of that is that Collie Wobble goes tinkle tinkle. Does <laughs> he really well? He's he's got to, I suppose. She she as well. Well, she, uh, he, she, we all, we all go tinkle, tinkle, cap. <laughs> that's very, that's <laughs> very true. Some, yeah, on some level. Um, so yeah, they're coming for us. I think that's the main yeah. takeaway for that. How how has that become live action? I don't a, know. On a genuine technical level, uh, unless it's, they're all dwarves. It's stop. I mean, it's stop motion, but that's not live action. That's still animation. No, that's very much animation. In which case, like, um, like. Ray Harryhausen's Jason the Argonauts that would be live action. Live action. Those skeletons were not real. No, no. So, so yeah. And answers. If anyone can explain the BAFTA criteria and what live action is, then get in touch. I presume this podcast is being considered for a BAFTA. Is there a podcast BAFTA? There's the British Podcast Awards that you have to pay to enter, and then they take all mm. of your money and give it to BBC Podcasts. Right. Well, if if we could. If loyal listeners, uh, we we put together a crowdfunder so that our you could pay for us to be entered, and then our money can go to I don't know Edith fucking Bowman 
then. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we should do. I know it's only a tenner to enter, so I, I reckon we could crowdfund that easy. Uh, okay, well, there you go. There's, there's a task at the end of this, a very, lo- very, very low budget crowdfunding. Um, if you con- if you contribute the the full tenor, then uh, we are willing to um, for a tenor. Um, I'm willing to um, tweet you every day for a month. Nothing good. But I Nothing good. Them. Just 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 tweets. You're not you're not going to say what kind of content it is. It's just you will just send messages at someone. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, fair and, enough. Uh, um, it might be abusive, but you won't know until you give me the tenor. Well, people pay. What's the 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 Iron Sheik? He he was into that for a bit, where you paid him some money and he would just send you random abuse on the internet for like ten dollars. It, it wasn't him, though, was it? No, his account. Two random blokes who just did it on his behalf. Yeah, while he sat back and you raked see, in the money. You see, you see, I'd say Iron Sheik rather than Iron Sheik because Iron Sheik does rather conjure images of a robotic Nile Rogers. <laughs> but I mean, I, I'm, I'm I'm behind that. I, I'd watch that. Yeah, that that could be the way. For, who knows? That might be the the future instead of these the giant holograms of Tupac. It might be mm. Ro- Robot Nile Rogers is the future future of live yeah. music. Um, yeah. Speaking of the future, um, we'll the the other thing we always do at the start of the podcast is pitch a new idea for uh, a CBBS program. Um, this week, I've gone for John Craven's News Hounds. Uh, John Craven isn't involved in any way, but it's two uh, people dressed as dogs, like the Chucklehounds. Um, oh, yes. People, people who may remember that that before Chucklevision, there was the Chucklehounds, which was Barry and Paul dressed as dogs mm. and getting up to mischief. So basically, it's two people dressed as dogs uh, miming the news. I think I, I suspect if uh, you know, is Challenge TV still a thing? I presume they'd be showing it. Yeah. I think it's that like those when in the early days of cable where you used to get a local channel. Was there not the news rubbish on what was that? Was that live TV? There is still a local channel on on Scott. There's the Made in Tyne and Weir where um, the sound quality uh, is invariably worse than this podcast. <laughs> game, I think. Um, maybe maybe we to... could pitch for a program on it. I I think I think if you ask, you get one. I think if you can. Bring your own equipment. You're allowed to put something on, on made in time and way. So um, maybe I'll just do local pubs. <laughs> just get just you filming yourself getting drunk in a local pub and engaging with the locals, and it ended in a fight. Yep, um, almost all of the pubs very very close to me are pretty stabby, so uh, there is an element of danger in it. Um, what's what's your pitch then this week for? For, for CBBS. Well, as you know, I like to bring things to the table which are going to be both um, entertaining and educational for the kids. And I thought, perhaps to broaden the horizons um, of small children, and to perhaps give them an insight to one of the one, one of Britain's kind of great institutions. This would be an animated series, and it's uh, Prince Philip's Pe- Peoples of the World. Okay. An animated, an animated Prince Philip, um, and he goes to different countries, and he he tells us what it's like, you know. So so what the people of Japan are really like through the eyes of an animated Prince Philip. Right? Is it uh, is he kind of is it like Roger Rabbit, where Prince Philip is animated, but everybody else is kind of live action? Um, that can be negotiated. Uh, <laughs> I often worry about on, on a tangent here about Roger, what kind of child Roger Rabbit and Jessica Rabbit would have produced. You know, I know that. Uh, yeah, hideously deformed creature. Oh, unless I think if you in cartoon terms, it's 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 a bit like Lady and the Tramp, where all the girl rabbits are just turn up looking like Jessica, and all the boy rabbits look like Roger. I think that's how it works in cartoon land. I'm not sure. I'm not sure genetically that works out. You know. I'm just putting it out there. That's how it worked in Lady and the Tramp. Yeah. Well, what, tell you what. We'll get a big busty redhead to try and breed with a rabbit, and we'll see what happens. <laughs> we'll film that and stick that on CBeebies. <laughs> yeah, it comes under CBeebies late night, doesn't it? It does. Again, still not being accepted. Yeah. It's that, it's that old thing of, is it the, you know, the... Um, 
you know, they 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 did it, but they never stopped to ask whether they should. <laughs> well, in this post, in a kind of post uh, Brexit yeah. world, we're going to need to make money somehow. Too busy working out if we could, and we never stopped to work out whether we should breed. Uh, well, exactly, exactly. Um, we this evening, um, people may have picked up on the fact we are doing Justin's house. Um, we've had a few demands for this. Um, I whilst googling this, and now I can't annoyingly I can't find it, but there is a book called Justin's House on Amazon, which isn't no, about is. Justin's house. It's about oh. um, teaching children about abuse. So that was that well, was, that was quite a bleak, it, bleak five minutes it, on Amazon. It might be about Justin's house. We'll we'll come on to that. Um, we need to make it clear before we start that when we're talking about Justin in this podcast. We are, of course, talking about the fictional Justin who lives in Justin's house and not Justin Fletcher, the real Justin Fletcher, the actor Justin Fletcher, not the character Justin, Who, we, when we assume these are separate people for tax reasons. Yes, yeah, like Lorraine Kelly. Exactly, like Lorraine Kelly. Um, did you, I, I think I, I texted you about this, that Justin, Justin Fletcher was on the one show this week. I missed out on this treat. I yes. yeah, it was it was fairly amazing. He was there to promote Sean the Sheep Farmageddon because he does all the voices. He's a bit like um, the Little Britain version of um, Dennis Waterman. Dennis Waterman, yeah, the, everything Justin Fletcher is in, he has to star in it as all the characters. A bit like Eddie, mm. he's, he's a bit like the British Eddie Murphy in that way as well. But he also has to write the theme tune and sing the theme tune. I think there's a. There, I always get the impression with Justin that he's, he's kind of so busy, he must be trying to kind of stave off some deeply problematic existential dread. It's just like if he if he stops and really kind of catches a sight of himself in the mirror as Mister Tumble, then it might just all fall apart. It was a really depressing interview. It has to be. I mean, he was on with Miriam. Is it Miriam Margulies? Is how he pronounces yes. it. Yeah. Um. Who who is wonderfully uh, frank. I think whenever you see her interviewed, um, she called him fat twice, um, which was marvellous. <laughs> she, you know, she, they were talking about her weight or something. Like she's she's into dieting or something like that, and then she turned around and said, "You're not exactly slim yourself." And he hadn't made any comment. It wasn't like he was commenting on it. She just sort of turned around and said, "Oi, fatty!" Essentially on live telly. He'd look weird if he slimmed down, though, wouldn't he? Let's face it. He would, yeah. Um, she also said she had no idea who he was, which I thought was wonderful. Mm. Uh, and there'd obviously been some sort of issue in the green room beforehand because he was there was a good sort of distance between them on the sofa, and he he, he never made eye contact with her once. <laughs> What's Justin, the character of Justin, done? Don't, yeah, yeah. Well, this was Justin Fletcher. What did Justin Fletcher and Miriam Margulies do? There's, there's like what are those Sky document, those Sky urban myth programs they make. Made me, I'd like to see that. Justin Fletcher and Miriam Margulies in the green room of the One Show. It's a very niche market, but I think perhaps there'll be a, a dramatic reconstruction. At some I'd, point. I'd watch it. The other, the other great thing was that they dragged some kids in the studio to ask him some questions, and somebody asked him how he came up with. It's really like that, that thing that they joke about on Richard Herring's podcast about how do you come up with your great ideas? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Um, where did the name Mr. Cum- Tumble came from? And everyone's waiting with bated breath for this amazing story about where the name Mr. Tumble came from. And he opened his answer with, well, we sat around and we had a bit of a meeting. So essentially, it was workshopped. Oh. I know it's not a good answer, is it? Oh, clowning by committee. Yeah, can't do that. Um but anyway, that's that's Mr. Tumble, and we are, of course, talking about Justin, not Justin Fletcher, but Justin of Justin's house. Um, yes. There was some um, opinions divided on Mum's Net. You either love it or you hate it. We'll we'll see where we fall at the end of this. Um, someone um, did comment, which I quite liked, although it does fall at Mr. Tumble territory. That that somebody, there's a few people who've got a crush on Justin from Justin's house, which seems odd. It's one of the odder <laughs> things to have a crush on. Not right. I did enjoy the comment though, where someone said when he was finished, he would sing the goodbye goodbye song. <laughs> As he backed out of the room. <laughs> I hope you've had good fun. Oh. Yeah. So that was a. I, I, it's been a fairly dark old time on the internet researching this one. Um, so, Justin's House is essentially a show about a jobless single man who lives at home with his domestic robot. That's as far as I got in describing it. 
Yes, while he, he, he set up um, some um, German-style rail-seating terracing to allow children to watch him. Yeah, we said in an earlier podcast that somebody that we know has the theory that, that Justin's house is, is a... This is the test for reintroducing terracing in, in top-flight football. Yes, well, well it is. And, and to the best of my knowledge, the children have yet to rise. They have, well, very true. I mean, it's very, there's no sign of any stewards of any description. No. And yes, none of the children ever enter the stage. It could be all about the camera angles, you know, because let's face it, kind of, uh, beside the camera, there might be a guy with a gun. Very true. The other thing, of course, is that now on modern television, they don't show you if there's any streakers. They cut away, don't they? No, uh, well, it's like the um, old Connery cliche of uh, whether it be streakers or whether it be violence, nobody wants to see this, which is wrong. (laughs) Literally everybody wants to see this. Exactly. We all want to see the big fight. (laughs) There's two kids fight, fighting over Justin's shoes that he's discarded due to some other... Literally, other-m- everybody yeah. wants to see this. Yeah. Um, and, of course, we don't know what warnings they were given beforehand. You know, For all we know, Justin comes out beforehand to warm up the crowd and issues some sort of threat. Well, I think in, in, in some episodes, it might just be that, obviously, he's the hardest-working man in showbiz, and he seems to have made some weird Faustian pacts to allow him to be on the BBC at all times. But he does have this somewhat kind of haggard look. And I can only imagine like a really like hungover or like Dean Martin style pre like his kind of fourth or fifth scotch being like, you fuckers dare enter this stage. <laughs> you you absolutely dare. I'll tell you what happens. The robot gets it. Yeah. Or the monster or the puppet. Yeah, well, the the, the the really interesting thing about this, and I hadn't realised this, is in, in series one, because when you watch it, they all merge into one, but the, the, they were made in four series when you look on Wikipedia. In series mm. one, there was a character called Delivery, who was a woman that used to deliver something every episode, mm-hmm. and that would then form the base of the episode. That character has never made a reappearance since series one, and despite that, is still mentioned Every single time they sing the theme tune, because it's there's Robert and Dee in Little Monster Two. Mm. I think he mentions her because she's under the patio, but he still mentions her because if he stopped mentioning her, people would ask awkward questions. Did Dee, as is the way with CBeebies, did she go on to appear in something else? Does she know? No, she no, she's no, she's not. Not not that I could tell. There was no hint of a scandal or otherwise. Just dropped. Dropped from series, incurred the wrath of Justin. Off of Justin's house, not Justin Fletcher. I'm sure they're best friends. Yes, absolutely. Well, maybe she was made to Margulies, and that's the uh, root of this. <laughs> that's where it comes from. Yeah. All right, fatty. What about D, yeah? Um, the episode we've chosen to, to, to look at is a particularly bleak one, I think, Um also fairly, but I think the problem is when I've watched this with kids before, I've kind of been flitting in and out of the room and I've kind of thought, well, yeah, this is kind of all right. It's a bit of pantomime slapstick, but then sat, forced to sit down and watch this on my own for the purposes of research. Mm. Um, it's really dull. Oh, it's and really like un, unfeasibly long for what it is. I know, 20, it's a good, you could cut a good 10 minutes out of any episode of Justin's House and it would be a nice tight for want of a better expression, <laughs> you would have a nice tight narrative. It would tighten up the narrative. Yeah, yeah. Um, we... Well, that's that, that's the plot of this episode, isn't it? Yes, tightening of the narrative. Tightening of the nar- so this is we are looking at the episode lights, camera, action, which is is still on um, CBBS at the moment. Um, we chose it because of the opening. So Robert comes on as he always comes on, and. He normally sing, sings the dusting for Justin song, but he's singing cleaning up for Justin this time. And he's cleaning up because Justin has spent the weekend watching all of his films. Yes. And uh, he now wants to make his own film. So we can only imagine what a single man who lives on his own with his robot, and we'll come on to their relationship later, I'm sure. Yes. There is only one type of film a man like that is, is going to be watching. And, and let's face it, he hasn't got a collection of Ingmar Bergman, has he? 
No, although, to be fair, the robot could kind of pass for a kind of robotic version of death. If we're, uh, no, that's very true. Remake the Seventh Seal. But, um, yeah, I mean... I mean, I feel we should deal with the relationship with uh, with all the his slightly camp. I'm going to suggest sex slave, sex uh, robot. Robbie. It's a sex robot. Let's call it what it is, James. Robbie. Robbie, the sex robot, um, and, and almost the the indignity of having to clear away Justin's uh, special films. Lest we forget, one is called. Jelly Man. Well, that's his favourite film, and this is this yes. probably indicate. And later on in the episode, I think we get a taste of of every sort of uh, Justin's tastes, because his favourite mm. film is Jelly Man, which uh, the tagline is "Only my, one man was willing to wobble." Mm. Fatty, fatty. So is this uh, uh, is 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 Justin either into kind of smearing himself, people who smear themselves in food stuff. Or is he into mm. larger people, or is it both? Do you think? I can I can imagine him being interested in a larger lady or gentleman. Um, very much the uh, the sploshing community, I think for uh, for Justin, isn't it? Yeah, there's lots of sploshing in this episode. Yeah, it's, yeah. Which might again might indicate. I think the very telling thing then is Robert's favourite film, though, which was Pretty Robot, which raised all sorts of questions for me, because of course that suggests that it's a robot remake of Pretty Woman. So mm. presumably, in that George Costanza from uh, Jerry Seinfeld felt tries to um, sexually assault the robot at the end of it. Although I do, I, I think he's kind of. Uh... Love of a film involving a prostitute possibly speaks to his relationship with the character of Justin. Exactly, yeah, and that's. And a, been... I mean, are we? Do, do you think Robert's been programmed with Asimov's rules of not harming a human and not allowing a human to come to harm, and not because he is he jealous that Justin spent all weekend watching his films rather than servicing him? It depends whether he's built for his own pleasure, isn't it? Or whether he's just simply uh, for the pleasure of others. I mean, that, I suppose we're into um, perhaps discussing that great philosophical tract, the uh, lyrics to Private Dancer. <laughs> and whether Robert's just dancing for money. Well, I suppose that's see, well, that would indicate he gets money. Yeah, but I, if he loves Pretty Robot so much, is he, look, is he looking at Justin... As if eventually, you know, this will no longer be a transaction. He's, Justin is very much his uh, Richard Gere in all of this. Who yeah, saved him? So, that, do you think Justin met Robert the Robot sort of in some sort of robot brothel and rescued him? Possibly. I mean, it's um, it's either that or he painstakingly built him himself. You know, and. So he's got some very re- realistic robot parts. A bit like Anakin Skywalker in. Phantom Menace built C-3PO. Very much like that, but for more sinister reasons. Well, I'm not sure about that. I mean, you know, Anakin Skywalker, you know, destined to become Darth Vader, but built the world's campus robot. Read it and that what you will. <laughs> um. So, yeah. So, so Justin, so Justin has decided to make an action film, we find out, because he turns up dressed in a, a tuxedo. Yes. Um and says it's going to be called, and I get this comes everything in this episode comes back to sploshing, because the episode, yes. the the film's called the secret of the pie monster. Oh yes, I hadn't picked up on that. Um, yeah. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Can we just deal briefly with the, the, the little monster character? Yes. Who is significant, must only just be marginally different from Oscar the Grouch for legal reasons. Yeah, but he doesn't speak at all. Mm. I presume that's contractual. Yeah, well, well, I looked at uh, this uh, when we, well, I think we'll come on the tumblers in a minute. But I, I did look up the BBC's equity agreements just to work out how much money you got for this kind of stuff work and whether or not mm. having a non-talking rule meant you appeared different. And it doesn't. I really, I, must, I think that must be an American thing. It's it's down to appearance and what your role is on the production. You just don't want to upstage Justin, do you? No, exactly. I think that might be maybe maybe the the monster when it was initially conceived did talk. Mm, like D. Why is he was silenced? Why, why is there a monster? Why is there a why does he have a monster in his house? That is unclear. I, I choose to believe that nobody else can see it. It's the product of his mind. It's Justin's uh, literal demon. And he's programmed Robert to see it too, or believe that it exists. Yeah, well, you can do anything with that, can't you? Just just accept that he's uh, just accept that he's there. Or just nod and say, yes, Justin, the monster, the little monster's there, yes. Yeah, maybe the sex robot is there to save Justin. It is, I mean, it, the, the, it is kind of a childlike figure, which might suggest that Justin has had some sort of breakdown. A bit like, what was that film that, with Richard E. Grant where he had the baby and Judy Dench? Was Judy Dench in it? Jack and Sarah? Jack and Sarah. A bit like a Jack and Sarah thing, but then the robot's... The Ian McKellen character. Ian McKellen was in, wasn't he? The Ian McKellen character. It's a, long, it's a lot. It's a, yeah. It, it, it's a it's a push to remember. He's had some sort of breakdown. Little monster is actually his child. His wife's either died or left him, Dee. and and yeah, Dee's left him mm. with little monster, who's actually his child, and he's having some sort of psychotic breakdown. Hence the bouncing children. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah. That's the explanation. Boy. Justin. But so yeah, he turned he's got his so Justin's got his um he's gonna star in the action film and be the hero. Little mm. Monster's gonna be the, the baddie, is that how they described it? Describe it? I think they say baddie, don't they? I, I found it hard to concentrate for long enough to really keep up with any kind of notion of a plot. I know, and then there's a film camera that makes plot popcorn and then the popcorn goes everywhere and then Robert has to clean it up. Yeah, well, it just shoots out, doesn't it? Yeah. Shoots everywhere, and yet again, Robert has to clean up. Yeah. I mean, this all comes on the back that Justin kind of turns up and does sings his theme, doesn't he? Um, and he just looks so horribly dead-eyed. Yes. And kind of resentful of it all. It's, I mean, you've got to think this is probably, what, the fifth fifth episode they've shot that day at this point. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's kind of Vegas Elvis, isn't it? Like, he looks like he's on some pretty hardcore kind of hardcore something to keep him going. I'm not suggesting that the the real man Justin is absolutely off his face, 
But no, Justin. This is the character of Justin from Justin's house. Yeah, yeah. We'll make that very clear. But yeah, clearly is this is clearly starting to eat away at his very soul that he has to keep doing this night after night, and that's it's almost a bit like kind of when you know Jimi Hendrix was trying to be experimental and wanted to try new things, but everyone just wanted him to play Purple Haze again and again and again. Mm. And you're just on the verge of Justin just going, "I'm not singing it anymore." Do you think Justin really actually wants to be like a, a, a serious clown? Like, like you know, he's kind of gone to Gollier and he's now like there. He wants to be like kind of a payroll figure and he wants to just do a show which is entirely mine. Possibly, although I think Gigglebiz would suggest that that, that he, he, he perhaps doesn't have such depths of thought. <laughs> In his well, in in the context of, of of his output, as successful as that is, of course. Yeah, I kind of uh, the frequency with which uh, Justin turns up leads me to believe that you could kind of turn around and just go, "Well, you know, of course uh, he's upsy daisy," and I'd be like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I presume." Well, so. he was he was two of the tweenies. Was he really? He was the dog, and he voiced one of the others. Oh, that, that explains a lot because um, I believe for a, a period um, prior to that, he was also Steve Guttenberg. <laughs> he was, yes. Um, he was Steve Guttenberg in Cocoon. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, and to a lesser extent, three men and a little lady. <laughs> I think he's. I think at one point, Justin Fletcher has been in everything. <laughs> That's what that graffiti in the toilet suggested. <laughs> Justin from Justin's house is suggested, not Justin Fletcher. Yes, not Justin Fletcher, who is a saint. He is, yes, looking after the kids and that. Um, third, third highest result on Google for when you just type in Justin Justin Fletcher is is Justin Fletcher disabled. I'll just leave that there. <laughs> um. <laughs> um but what happened? we then have the second song, uh, which is "Who's at the door? Who's at the door? Who's at the door?" Robert, get the door, and then they <laughs> have, on, Robert. But then Robert tr- always tricks Justin into getting the door himself, mm. um, and it's some tumblers, yeah, some stunt tumblers. Now this is the, the, the very much in that kind of um, League of Gentlemen legs akimbo kind of vibe yeah. of this is a group of people that go around schools. Tumbling, tumbling. <laughs> and tumbling for money around schools, and the schools will pay them money to come in and sort of entertain all the kids for an afternoon while the teachers do marking. It's a can you get a can you get a full afternoon out of tumbling? I don't well for for each perhaps if you throughout you could get a full day I think if if you if you got the the entire school through in in, in sections maybe twenty minutes a class. Twenty minutes. Uh, it's, it's it's a lot of a lot of effort. You probably need a bigger squad. Possibly. There's four of them, so they get. Do you want to have a guess? How much according to the BBC equity rules? And I'm classing them as stunt performers because they are. That's what they're they're uh, classed as. No, not dancers. Not dancers. No, they get different rates as dancers. Uh, I think they probably class them as stunt performers because you get paid if you're a group, a lump sum if you're a group of four, up to four. Right. And after that, there's an extra amount per per. Tumbler, on top of that. Nice. Do you ever guess how much a group of floor get for a day's filming? Ooh, um, I think each or collectively. Collectively, there, there wasn't a, it wasn't broken down. I think I think they expect the tumblers to then go off and, and arrange their own affairs. I think they get um, collectively eight hundred pounds. One thousand one hundred. Ooh. Oh, I should have devoted myself to tumbling. I know, but that's between four. So what? That's that's about just over two hundred quid each. Yeah, you got agent fees on top of that, and that's pre-tax. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know whether the tumbler union have like a what the pension contributions are like as well. So potentially you're not not left a, not got a lot left in your hand at the end of the uh, tumble. No, exactly, and you know, so they come on. I mean, it's fairly unspectacular tumbling that they they do. There's nothing. I haven't seen in sort of random gymnasts perform before. There's nothing you can yeah, yeah. look at it and go, yeah. Street performer, innit? I could jump over three people stood up lying on the ground. But it took a big enough yeah. run up. 
<laughs> I mean, to be fair to you, you would not land gracefully. No, and I, I couldn't do the bit where he spun over on his head, but I could definitely, I could definitely clear them. They did look like the kind of smiley twats, though, who, as, as part two of that act, would probably get a Diablo out. Yes. it's. They looked like they would be the kind of idiots that would have a rope in Edinburgh during the festival, and they clear a space and spend a good 20 minutes talking up about how they're about to do something and then not do, mm. do very, very little. Yeah. Um, that or the uh, a tightrope between two trees in a park of a summer's day. Yeah. They definitely had that look of the, um, and we talked about this in the Molly and Mac episode, the singers in the background of I've Got an Idea where... Mm. Hope it's a good one. What, yeah, let's, let's hear your idea. Let's hear your idea, tumblers. I've used that a lot in my professional life, that, that <laughs> phrase, since we did that episode. Um, but yeah, the, the, there was that element of between the tumblers, you could see a mixture of looks of this is great, this is my way into the industry, and then mm. on the the other half of that was also, oh my god, what have I signed up for? This is going to be replayed ad infinitum, should I ever make it? And also, I regret every choice I've made in my life that it's led me to this point. Better than starring in a porn film, though, isn't it? It is. Well, that's true. Stick to the tumbling. Although, although from what Justin's planning, who knows why the tumblers are there? And and who knows, and, and, and maybe inadvertently they may have ended up in a porn film, as we shall see. Yes. I mean, if we, if we think... As they move on to the the filming of this, um, when they come to actually kind of think about the film itself, why does Justin's sex robot decide to wear a beret and a flasher mask? Because he's the director. Directors don't wear berries and flasher masks. No. This is not even like a, a, a trope. And I don't even know, and I think the other thing as well is, which suggests it's some sort of role play that they've roped the tumblers into because he Robert appears at the top of the stairs and says I'm ready which kind of would indicate that it's there's been some sort of pre-discussion with him and Justin as to what what do you want me to wear in this scenario yeah see there's there's no, there's no niggers underneath that mark no no just I mean, he's, he's, he's definitely got his knobs under the under the mac because Justin has a good fiddle with him later on yes we're well lubricated. Yeah. Uh, so they, they 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 send the tumblers away to Robert's shed. Yes. Which is yeah. Um, because they've passed the audition, they're going to be the stunt team, and then um, Justin sets up Little Monsters Evil Lair, which, as far as I could see, was made up of bed sheets with some very sinister stains on them. Well, it's been a long weekend where he's been in watching his uh, DVD collection. He just produced it from behind the sofa. In fairness. Well, there you go. Monsters complicit, isn't it? Yeah. If the you're gonna if you if you're gonna use bed sheets as a backdrop for an evil lair, uh, then and and you've not washed them, don't use black ones. That's the message there. Because that will just show Practic- up all sorts. Practical advice. Yeah. Um, um, somebody who uh, I mean, somebody I know who will remain uh, nameless, and I will leave out key details of this, spend a period of time working for um, an MEP of uh, an MEP in Brussels uh, and moved into a, a house there to find because he was moving in in a hurry to find that in the basement of said house there were uh, groin high sinks and some uh, chains were left behind and he was utterly horrified and even more horrified when the previous people who uh, had been renting the house turned up about a week later and said, can we have our chains back, please? That's just Belgium. It's potentially, it's just, <laughs> I think that's... That, what, what's it to do in Belgium other than eat waffles and engage in high-risk sex? <sighs> There's a lot of high-percentage beer. But yes, point taken. But yeah, I mean, but then, you know, that's there's definitely a correlation there. High-percentage beer... You know, too much Duval. You all of a sudden you find yourself chained up in the basement. Mm. We've all been there. Wait, um, wait for your sex robot to clean up. <laughs> um, so then the, they they inexplicably decide to start. Well, no, Robert. This is the thing. So Justin Robert then applies makeup 
to Justin, and we come mm. back to the splashing because he just smears cream on his face. Yes. Which is obviously part of the scenario they're acting out. Mm. Then Justin does a scene where he's creeping into little monster's lair, doing some very bad pratfalls. I mean, mm. it's not he's not even trying. Yeah. I, I could do accidental falling over better than that. I think I'd got to, at this point in the episode, given how long it had been going on, I'd reached that stage where I was just kind of, it was just maybe just like one long sigh. Yes. I think at this point it's only about 18 minutes, but it feels like it's been for a very long for time. hours. I, then the, the tumblers appear and they're the henchmen and they then cover Justin with their cream. And there's mm. no other way to describe that. That's what happens. Yeah. Just as he planned. And there's no way that this isn't some sort of bespoke porn film that he's making for himself. Mm. uh, Of the, like, uh, John Ronson. uh, Yeah. Investigated. Yeah. Yeah. But he's just, he's tricked some tumblers, some innocent local tumblers into being part of it. Do you think there is potentially, like, a a John Ronson or Louis Theroux um, documentary on Justin? I think I'd like to see Justin a, a, a kind of Louis through documentary on on Justin Fletcher. Yeah, because all the this stuff, all the interviews are kind of like what a what a busy man he is now. He plows himself into his work, and I think, yeah, mm. I think I think a, a, a Justin, I want to say Justin through, but that's that's the wrong through, isn't it? That is the wrong through. The wrong through. Uh, Louis through documentary, I think could. Mm. Could I, I'm not sure. I'm not. I, I, I don't imagine. I think Louis threw better more than John Ronson. I don't think John Ronson would. I think John mm. Ronson would instantly be suspicious. Well, you the whole thing's predicated on a certain degree of suspicion, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, let's make that happen. That's a, that's another pitch for not not a CBB's pitch. Um, if any listeners, rather than giving us a tenner. Uh, would like to uh, have a word with Louis Theroux, we will accept that as payment. Yeah, especially because he's got form on uh, interviewing <laughs> big celebrities. Um, the the weird thing then, uh, aside after we kind of, Justin's had his um, money shot, so to speak, mm. um, is they then end with the song, which goes on for fucking ages. Because I, I, I skipped ahead with that, and it was still going on. I kept skipping, because it was... Just never ending rubbish. The, the the last note I've made and, and, and this and, and this kind of this reflects badly on me in terms of preparation. Because I can't remember the song, but all I've written down about said song is simply the song is enough to suggest Justin should go to prison. <laughs> no no other justification, but that that's all I've written down about the song. This... I clearly had reached the end of my tether at that point. No, it's twenty five minutes long the episode and that well that's including the kids at the end telling you what they enjoyed about about it. But the the big thing for me about that is they said, Well what happens at the end of any action film? There's always a big song and dance. And that's not mm. true. No, I mean I... <laughs> I can't think of any action films where there's a big song and dance at the end of it. It's a very different ending to say Die Hard, isn't it? Well, uh, luckily, because I then had a go at writing uh, a song for Die Hard. Uh, <laughs> to, really? to, yeah, 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 I've got two. So I've, this is the goodbye song uh, from Mr. Mm. Tumblebook for Die Hard. So it's a uh, goodbye, goodbye, it's time to run. Goodbye, goodbye, we hope you've had good fun. John McClane killed all the baddies, except for Carl, who was shot by Al Powell, shot by Al Powell, and now they're all dead. So that, yeah. was, that was Die Hard. I did. I tried Terminator 2 Judgment Day as well. <laughs> um, yes. Goodbye, goodbye, it's time to run. Goodbye, goodbye, the T-800's done. He said goodbye to all of his friend. He said goodbye as he lowered himself into the molten steel. But the franchise just won't die. Could we get Justin to genuinely remake all of these films? Can we? I would like to see a remake of Judgment Day in which the T-800 is played by Robert the Robot. And Justin yes. plays the Sarah Connor figure. Uh, that and potentially, let's see, a remake of The Exorcist where Justin is um, 
is the child whose name escapes me right now. Well, no, I was thinking, I was more, Linda Blair, I was more thinking Little Monster as the child than Justin as the priest. Mm. That works. <laughs> I just got images now of uh, Robert the Robot luring himself into Molten Steel doing like the thumbs up death. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's the logical conclusion of Justin's house. <laughs> for the last ever episode. I have to kill oh. myself, Justin, otherwise I may become sentient and may cause a Skynet. Well, basically, uh, Justin gets on the right medication and the robot has to disappear somehow. <laughs> and therefore he lowers himself to his doom as uh, as the antipsychotics kick in. Yeah. Um, anyway, I think we can, there's 25 minutes of my life I'm not going to get back. I mean, I have to watch... When I do the podcast for the rugby, I have to watch back games where Scotland lose badly. And mm. that is more enjoyable than watching that episode of Justin's House. Yeah. I think... It seemed to exist in another dimension, really, because I've seen bits of lots of episodes of it. But just to really sit and concentrate, I have some sympathy for both the man and the character of Justin of why he seems so dead-eyed and why the character of Justin is definitely either hungover or on pre- something pretty strong. Yeah, I mean, the the, 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 there's no effort now in the Pratt Falls. He's just no. stumbling about mm. a little bit. Yeah. yeah, he needs to rediscover his mojo. And um, we've got the quiz, of course. Oh yes, good quiz. Uh, I need to get my my phone ready for this though, because uh, so I have to Google some of the answers to this. So Steve, Stephen Kyman, who plays Robert the Robot, uh, what he also provides voices for a number of other children's TV programs. Can you tell me the voices that he does for Fireman Sam? No. Is he the voice of... Uh, I see my fireman, sir. Is he the voice of the engine? No. The engine doesn't speak in fireman, Sam. Is he the voice of Sam? He is the voice of Sam, but also he's he's the oh. voice of some others as well. See, my knowledge of fireman, Sam, is... Oh. No. He, he's also the uh, voice of uh, Norman Price. Oh yes, yes. Um so he's also voiced Norman Price and um Trevor. He does the voice of Trevor, the uh, volunteer fireman. Um who's yeah. always after um both Bella Lasagna and Dillis Price. Well you you've got to have a hobby, haven't you? Yeah. You're not getting paid for it, you've got to take Well in between being a volunteer fireman and um, you know, driving the local bus, you know, he's got to he's, Got to get his kick somewhere. Um, and a true or false for question two, Justin Fletcher is the cousin of the keyboardist from Dire Straits. True. True, that is true. Yes. Guy Fletcher. Which is also the name of Justin Fletcher's dad. Oh. Which of the following songs was not written by Guy Fletcher, Justin Fletcher's dad? Oh. So it's, I can't tell the bottom from the top by the hollies. Just Pretend by Elvis Presley, the theme from the children's TV series Bertha, or A Spaceman Came Travelling by Christa Burr? I think it was the third one, the theme to Bertha. No, it's A Spaceman Came Travelling by Christa Burr. Uh, he wrote all of the others. Did he really? Yes, he did. Although and did I, the reason Christa Burr's in there is because he discovered and managed Christa Burr. That, this seems like it's spy code or something like that. I know. No, that's all all true. Co-wrote them with somebody uh, else, but yeah, uh, wrote lots of um, very mediocre hits for a lot of big people, including <laughs> Cliff Richard. Which brings us on to um, a question. Uh, true, another true or false question. Justin Fletcher has a character called Cliff Tumble, who is a parody of Cliff Richards. True. That is true. Um, according to a Wales Online um, article, he asked his dad if Cliff was all right with it. Um, and according <laughs> to the article, he is still waiting to hear back. I think Cliff Richards had bigger things to think about. He has, and he is notoriously uh, touchy. And maybe as soon as they mention of the BBC, then Cliff's, Cliff's not keen, is he? No. Uh, last question: Why does Justin Fletcher allegedly no longer speak to former CBBS presenter Sari Jane Honeywell? Call him fat, like Miriam Margulies. Ah oh, no, uh, she posed naked for Vegan Week 
uh, and got sacked. Um, and in the same article in which she said she was unhappy that Justin Fletcher uh, no longer spoke to her, even though she, they were best friends, she also admitted that she uh, took a lot of cocaines. Mm. That'll get you sacked off CBeebies. Yeah, I mean, that is probably a little bit too close to home for Justin, isn't it? No, it's the, it's the Richard Bacon way out of children's TV land. Yes, onto a more serious career. Yeah. Um, that's the only way you can escape, of course. <laughs> a big big bag of the nose <laughs> a, big, a big drug scandal that's the only way they let you out <laughs> free that, that yeah. or the sweet release of death yeah. um, that's it for this week's episode on Justin's house, uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks with Peter Rabbit um, we're, we're recording these back to back so uh, it'll be a couple of weeks for you but not very long for us uh, sadly as we <laughs> have to dwell in the uh, dark world of the Peter Rabbit reboot, uh, but from the moment it's goodbye from me and goodbye from James Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.